Courtney Mack here with The Magical Midlife Crisis. This podcast is intended to inspire and support you on your personal journey towards feeling more magic. Breathe, press play, expect real and raw stories and shifts. Come back with your own stories, shifts, and magical light moments through your darkness in your life. Once we pinpoint the mind to search for the magic, the magic will show up. It's just a matter of time. It could be at any moment in the middle of this magical ride we call life. Enjoy this episode. Grab your seat every Sunday. Expect magic. Welcome to episode one of the Magical Midlife Crisis. I'm Meg. And I'm Court. And this is kind of surreal. <laughs> yes. We are putting our ego aside and letting our hearts just flow into the universe. And I think what we're going to start with, well, I don't think I know, um, is practicing using our voice and sharing our story and being so grateful for this opportunity to broadcast it to those that can align with anything that we're saying in any form but we're gonna interview each other and review the first layer of what we like to call our awakening to the reality of what's what we want to see and feel in this life experience that we're all going through but uh, honestly it's like our own experience because that's all we have is our own experience but of course we get to share it with each other so yeah so i'm i'm ready i'm ready to be vulnerable and just just let it roll let it roll okay so meg my dear dear friend um Let's talk about that first moment for you. Paint us a picture of where you were. What kind of surrounding did you have? Kind of person were you? What year was it? Well, it was the year of 2020, which the year 2020 has an um, footprint on everybody's life and hit everybody differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I come from a background with um, a family business. My family has owned um, a bar since I was 12 years old and I'm now 38. So it's been part of my whole life. And um, I also owned another business that we had just started up about six months prior to COVID. And um, yeah, so 2020 happened. It was St. Patrick's Day, which is the biggest um, event of the bar for the year. My dad gets a big steamship every year. It's my parents' anniversary. It is the biggest day for our bar. And it was the last day that we were allowed to be open during COVID. So it was very, it was a very sad, sad day at the bar, just knowing that we had to close and we didn't know what was going to happen. And um, so, yeah, it was March 17, 2020. And the night after St. Patrick's Day, we had to close. And um, I was a business partner with my mom and my dad. Um, and then I had, like I said, I had owned another business with my boyfriend. And once COVID happened and the quarantines shut down, um, I remember feeling a sense of freedom for the first time in my life. In a sense of 
not freedom, I wouldn't say. I, I, like I had a weird calmness surrounding me, knowing that it wasn't just our business that had to be shut down. It wasn't just Neighborhood Inn. It wasn't just my restaurant or whatever. It was everybody. I knew that everybody was dealing with the same thing. So that kind of gave me a sense of peace in a way. Like it wasn't just us being alienated. Like, um, so I didn't feel alone. Yeah. And then um, I found myself being um, what people call a sheep being glued to the TV, um, watching the numbers of COVID. I was panicking. I had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know politics. I didn't know anything. I was kind of just blind to the whole world for what it was and just lived my life day to day in my own reality that was really not my own reality. It was reality that I was living in. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So... COVID, you have a lot of time. So I started really kind of just thinking about my life. And okay, here I am, workaholic since I've been late, teenager, just working my whole life. And I finally have a moment to breathe. Because for two years prior to COVID, we were getting the other business up and running. I was constantly working. I was working the diner morning to night. It was soaking up my, my life. It was literally draining all of my energy. And um, so, yeah, I had a sense of just relief in a way. And then I kind of started going down rag hole. <laughs> My friend was like, have you heard of Pizzagate? Have you heard of this? And I'm like, no. And I was like, so I started going down all the rabbit holes. And that kind of started to expand my consciousness of the reality that I was living in. Do I want to believe all this is going on? I wanted to create my own truth, my own reality. So as days went by and weeks where our business couldn't operate normal, I had a lot more free time and I started to really kind of dive into the conspiracies and kind of make my own truth out of it. And um, then you were like unconscious and becoming conscious, right? Like, yeah, my subconscious was just programmed by whatever since I was a child. Like, you know, I never really... I was always very spiritually connected, but I think the older I got, the more that that got covered up by my subconscious, whatever it was being programmed from the outer world and me not knowing that I can really create my own reality, my own beliefs, my own thoughts. Um, but having that, that time to really be with yourself, you really can have that shit. Yeah. Really start to think about my mental health. And I think me having a break, from work gave me time to really think about my mental health but I started getting back into working out getting back into my fitness game and I think I took all of my energy all of my energy into working out I was working out every night every day I was probably in the best shape of my life during COVID like but that also wasn't realistic that wasn't a normal pattern but it was the vehicle that led me to all these other opportunities and the life that I'm living out today, which will go through all those layers and how I got where I am today from 2020. But yeah, that's. And who do you feel was like your biggest support? So your second business was the diner and that's the one that closed. Yeah. So we had opened up the diner six months prior. We opened up July 28th in 2019 and then my husband had opened up his other business at the same time so we were only open six months when COVID happened but and 
since this story, it's fun to do this because I'm getting layers that I didn't always know. But I do know that you are preparing to take the bar over as a sole proprietor. Yes. So at the time, your parents were still owners of the bar. Yeah. So my parents had wanted to retire probably two years prior to, mm. or maybe even a year prior to COVID happening. Mm. But then we, I had this other business up and running, mm. which thank God it was on the same strip mall Yeah, that the bar, which made it a lot easier, but it took all my time away that I could have spent at the bar. And I put all that time into the diner, but I think that's part of the universe just mm. saying, hey, you know, there's life lessons in all of this. And I'm grateful that my parents were still a part of the bar during COVID because I don't know what I would have done without them. <laughs> yeah. We all need a mentor. Yeah. We all need a guide. Yeah. And it was a, it was a really big learning experience. It really helped me kind of grow and really, really learn the value of the people that work for you and the unity and the loyalty and all of that. It was really heartfelt. And so now, like you just said that it kind of worked out by the universe as far as everything aligning but did you see it then in that light oh absolutely not no oh no oh no no i was nervous i had very little self-belief um a lot more belief than i had prior i remember me always thinking like i I almost walked away from not owning the bar because i was like i can't handle it i can't i almost sold my shares was like i can't do this on my own but then i think COVID and all that really started to expand my mind and things that I am capable of and change and yeah. It's, it's, it seems so long ago that it happened. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, we knew of each other and we'll, we'll share like our story of meeting. We knew of each other uh, for the reason that I'll go into with my story, but now that I know you and it's been three and a half years, it's like I feel like I've known you way longer. Well, because you look at the person, because we've seen each other, we've interacted very minimally, but it's kind of we can understand each other more with those small interactions because now we know each other at a deeper level. I know, you know. Yeah, it's really just me. When you have your power just stripped from underneath you, when you think you're a business owner, that I'm untouchable, no matter what your business may be, you know, that's your, that was my mom living her American dream, you know, and to have that just ripped from underneath her. And for me too, it really, that was kind of once I started to really realize that, okay, what is this pandemic? What is it really? Once I really realized that's when I went balls in and was like, I'm taking my fucking power back. Actually, it didn't happen overnight, yeah. but it gradually just started to, to happen. Did you ever think about something else that you would do? Like, if, if it all failed. Like, obviously, the diner was failing. You kind of, did you get a sense of that happening? That it was going to not be anymore and that you would be at the bar only? Like, did you think, of doing any, like, just being like, okay, I can't do this industry anymore. I'm going to do something else. No, it actually gave me a drive. Yeah. 
because I know that there's people that cheer for you. And I know that there's people secretly behind the scenes that want me to fail. Yeah. People that did not want me to take over the family business and certain people. And I use that as ammunition. And I use it as, like I said, take my power back. And I'm not going to let this force take down something that my mom and my stepdad had built and created together as a unity. And I grateful to be a part of that. And I wasn't going to let that let anything happen to that. So it actually kind of motivated me more to be like, fuck it, we're going to come out better and stronger. And we actually did. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite qualities about you, because I there's so many things we're both Sagittarius. So I feel like there's a lot of things that we have in common, but that like that like warrior energy is just something that I love being near you because then I like absorb it because that's not my that's not my go-to well I have a lot of warrior in me so you can have <laughs> any any part of my warriorness warriorness that you can you need thank you so let's talk a little bit about your layer of your awakening okay so the crack the crack happened um so it was 2011 i was living in chicago the north side of the city with my cousin and uh i had been a dental hygienist for a couple years at that point and i had come home from it was a saturday I'd come home from work, literally took my pants off, ready to lay down for a nap. That's what I did because I was 27 years old and still living like I was 21. I'm sure I went to work hungover. I don't remember. It, like what I felt like before I got this phone call, I just knew I was ready for a nap. And then my mom called. And when my mom calls, she wants to she wants to talk and i was not in the mood but something told me and it was weird because i didn't i never answered the phone before my naps i had to answer the phone so i answered the phone and it was my mom and she just said court come to my house did you know that second that something yeah. was wrong yes okay yeah and Initially, my first thoughts were like her parents, my grandparents, who were just like second parents to me, like one of them died or had, you know, a cancer diagnosis. That was like my initial. And then um, on my hour drive to my mom's house, I thought of every other single thing that could have happened. And my mind just rested on the idea that my younger brother was in a car accident because he got he liked to race his car and I'm just like, okay, that's it. That's it. It's fine. Everything's fine. He just got in a car accident. Everything's good. So I get to my mom's house. I see a bajillion cars and I walk in to her front door and she comes to me and she just looks at me and she says, it's Brett. He's gone. And that's my older brother. And it's like that those words are just, it was so clear. I didn't have to ask any questions. Like, that was it. So, 
of course, like I hugged her. I don't remember if anything really came out of my mouth other than just, you know, crying. Um, and then I just went and found my younger brother. I just grabbed him. I just grabbed his hand. I took him into the garage and I said, holy fuck, like, I feel like such an asshole because Brett and I weren't really talking for a few years. Like, we kind of had a falling out and it just felt terrible. There's no other word to explain how much of an asshole that I felt. And Chad, my younger brother, was just like, we can't go there. Like, of course, we're going to feel like assholes. We can't go there. And I just am so grateful for having him to be there to just, just allow me to feel it, but also pull me back up. Because anybody can get stuck, stuck in that darkness. And I have a history of just allowing Staying, myself. Like feeling yes. guilty yes. and just letting that. Yeah. yeah. Like. It's, yeah, it's it's hard to. <laughs> and I, I I'm sharing this in a way that I just want to share that it's it's not like I'm. Reliving a negative moment, it feels to me, it feels really, it feels really good to release it and just talk about it because I feel I've learned now that our emotions can get stuck within us and it feels good to talk about it. And I did, I talked about it a lot with a lot of people and I still do. And I feel like that is one of the best ways to move through emotion. So, uh, I kept going through the motions as far as planning everything and being a part of the entire process of somebody dying. It was unique for Brett, though, because he was sick for a couple of days and everyone knew that he wasn't feeling well. And those who lived with him, like my mom and my brother, I think my uncle was living at my mom's house at that time, Brett's girlfriend, they all knew, like, he was really sick, but he was really stubborn. And he kept saying it was something like bronchitis, something he had dealt with before or the flu or something. But um, yeah, he went to work and he was setting up for a wedding. He was a wedding DJ. He was a bartender at your bar <laughs> and he was a comedian. So he was like that nightlife performer and he was setting up for the wedding and he just laid down and died right there. And as far as, like, he wasn't, he wasn't, there was no way to revive him, so he was taken straight to the medical examiner. So we waited eight weeks for the autopsy results to come back, and he's 29 years old, and he died of pneumonia, and that just is weird. Everyone that I still tell to this day, they're like, that doesn't make sense. And now I see it. It doesn't have to make sense. Like sometimes us humans, we want to make sense of stuff and it just isn't possible. So do we want to allow it to take over our, our thoughts that we have to find the, the, the reason why? Or do we do we want to accept and allow and, and look for the good? And that's so I can't believe I did this, but I did that. 
right? I, where energy goes. And, wait, how do you say it? <laughs> yeah, where your where your focus goes, energy flows. Yeah, I believe is the way that it is. Yeah, and I completely understand that now, but I didn't then. So there were so many events that happened after that that just allowed me to see that I actually had a choice in what I was doing. And when that medical examiner came to our house and said that he died of pneumonia, and then he said that has everything to do with the immune system, I just became kind of obsessed. Like, I am a healthcare worker. I wanted to find out everything I could about the immune system. And then I became a hypochondriac. And then it just was like overflowing of like obsessiveness. And so there were many bouts of that where I just had to get obsessed, shift, and then release and just like let go of trying to control everything. That was part of your healing process. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You probably didn't even realize it at the time, no. but you were releasing a lot of... Because I was... A, my whole family, we're, we're standard Americans. We were living the standard American life. At that time, mm-hmm. I was absolutely a wineaholic. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day in the closet because I'm a dental person. So I didn't want people to know my truth that I was a smoker. I ate Taco Bell twice a day sometimes. Like, I lived so standard. The busy American life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and little did I know that I was going to see it the way, like you're saying, that I had so much within me that I was actually resisting to be who I truly was. So... I say this with like the most love, but Brett showed me in his spiritual form, like how to be the truest, most beautiful me. I think so too, because Brett was somebody who was so true to himself, who he was, so radiant and somebody that would walk into a room just being authentic as fuck, (laughs) never caring what people thought or anything. And I feel that he was able to embrace that onto you through spiritual and it's so funny just like i judged him about that but what i now see is that i was envious of that like i wanted to feel that way but i was stuck in my own head worrying about what other people thought of me Mm -hmm. and that that's so that's so like small-minded i didn't realize that i was just kind of wasting time in my own head where I could really and that's exactly what Brett showed me how to connect with other people when I saw how many women people came to his funeral and his wake I mean do you I don't know if you remember do you know that Brett said do you know that your brother said this a long time ago he said when I die police are going to be patrolling traffic do you know that he said that I don't know if I ever shared that with you, I don't know. but he had made those comments before. I mean, and were all the way down fucking Roselle Road, fucking policemen. Yes, yeah, in the rain. Yeah, there was like a two-hour wait to get into 
that funeral. Yeah. For, and to hear these stories of people about the way that Brett made them feel, like had he had them so seen and heard and impacted in a positive way. And trust me, like he was a he was a guy. Like he can be an asshole. Not to say that he wasn't like all of the layers of characteristics, but that's what people remembered of him. And that blew me away because I was so stuck on both of us. He and I, you know, there's always two. There's always two. He and I were stubborn to like want the other one to see it the way that we did. But looking back now, I know that our love for each other was so much more than the stubborn bullshit that we were holding on to. And so that's like, that's what unconditional love is. I never, like, I thought of that the other day. I'm like, that's what unconditional love is. That's what that is. Like, letting go of the, of the shit. Because we're not, I don't think we're here to hold on to years of bullshit. Like, I just don't. I think we're here to learn and move through it. Mm -hmm. To feel the emotions and release it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, people don't realize it's a gift to be here in our human earth suit it is truly a gift souls are like lining up to want to come here and experience us even though it's so hard yeah and the heartache and the bullshit all the stuff we deal with it but once you have an awakening experience or a moment even the hardest shit and the most traumatic shit beautiful yeah so fucking twisted that's why i think you would like the good place that show yeah i'll have to watch yeah it. yeah yeah we'll have many references yeah but yeah, I think I think those are like some really great points to to end our first episode on. Yeah, some really great shifts. And if anyone's out there relating to anything that we have touched on, we hear you, we feel you, because that's I really do think that we're here to elevate each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like people say, oh, you're meant to be seen, not heard. No, everybody's meant to be heard. Especially the people that are hurting are meant to be heard. So I hear you. Yeah, no, we can't hear you. We hear you. We hear you with our heart, which has here in it. (laughs) I like that. Cute. Okay, episode one done. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to our magical mystery ride. And toodles. If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you either just appreciate our messy, awkward life experiences, or you're truly up for finding more magic in your life like we are. Definitely tune in every Sunday for more reality shifts that we explore between us and with many special guests that join. If you feel it, please subscribe so you don't miss your seat on our magical Earth School bus. Your experience with this show really means a lot to us, so we want to genuinely welcome you to leave an honest review. Your voice matters exactly how it is. You can follow us on social media, check the show notes, and if you really want to get in the action, send us a message directly through our email. We'll connect with you next week. Beep, beep. (gasps) Beep, beep.